The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. Brian D. Estelle. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the privilege that is ours to look into your word once again. Uh, We ask, O Lord, that you would grant that posture without which no one can understand truth, uh, namely that we might have reverence and humility before your word, which is broader than all the heavens. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. may be seated. I was officiating in a wedding the other day and forgot to tell the people to be seated. Good thing it was a short ceremony. Um, um, Welcome to chapel, especially if you're visiting. Uh, This is a time when we have a meditation and devotion from God's Word. Uh, This is not a sermon, per se, nor is it a model of a sermon, um, since this is not an officially called worship service. Um, So nevertheless, it is a time when we try and uh, gather together Uh, in order to um, focus upon God's Word. I'd like to draw your attention to a motif I've been working on uh, recently in the Joseph narrative, since we're studying the patriarchs. So I'll read from uh, Hebrews 11, uh, verse 22, and then uh, we'll look at this recurring theme in the Joseph narrative about uh, clothing. So, God's word from Hebrews 11.22. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites, and he gave directions concerning uh, his bones. Uh, Leyland Riken defines a motif as a discernible pattern composed of individual units, either in a single work or in literature uh, generally. It actually first occurred, the word did, in music, but then it transferred over to literature. He continues to say it's basically like a pattern. Uh, The Oxford English Dictionary defines a motif as, and I quote, a recurrent character, event, situation, or theme, close quote. Uh, This is especially uh, helpful since it shows that a motif can be in a more restrictive sense, a recurrent character, event, or a situation, or theme, as well as in a broader sense, a recurring event or situation. So let's examine how this can happen by observing a prominent motif from a prominent example, namely uh, the Joseph narrative. And I want to look particularly at the use of clothing in the Joseph narrative. So that extends officially from 37, chapter 37, verse 2, all the way to chapter 50, verse 26. And some people exclude uh, the Judah Tamar story uh, in Genesis 38 from that Joseph narrative. I include it, however. But to quote quote, Riken, references to the garments of uh, Joseph form a unifying pattern uh, in the story. At the outset of the Joseph narrative, you may want to just listen, or you could follow along if you have your Bible, and I'll be referring to various passages. At the outside of the Joseph narrative, the multicolored garment is given to Joseph, of course, in 37.3. So that begs the question, what does this symbolize? 
Well, Joseph has marked out as Jacob's favorite at this point with the gift of the multicolored coat. Meanwhile, his brothers hate him. When Joseph has a dream, he tells it to his brothers. His brothers hate him even more. You can almost hear their speech dripping with sarcasm as they see him from a distance approaching. Ah, here comes the master of dreams. Almost all the characterization at this point uh, focuses on the brothers, which is negative, uh, not Joseph. We have to wait for the later chapters to get some characterization of Joseph. Thus, the account opens with Joseph portrayed as a spoiled brat, a tale-bearer, and a, a braggart, according to Meyer Sternberg, who knows a little more than a little about um, narrative. Anyway, um, one could say, at least at the beginning of narrative, that Joseph's bad report runs counter to the advice of Proverbs, which instructs us to draw a veil over our brother's uh, transgressions. Uh, Noel Weeks criticizing the view that Joseph is a paragon of wisdom, there's been a lot of work about whether he kind of models uh, the wisdom literature, says, Joseph's tale-bearing, his indiscreet revelation of his dreams, and his false accusations against his brothers are all of importance in the story and in the portrayal of Joseph, but they are hardly in accord with the ethical ideals of the wisdom literature. It cannot be denied that we should expect in a didactic, idealizing text, not only a more lucid, uh, but also a more consistent idealization, if he did portray wisdom incarnate, if you will. Weeks later in his essay, after commenting on the possible parallels between wisdom literature uh, on avoiding the loose woman, and Joseph says, quote, it is difficult to find any other point in these chapters where Joseph's behavior, while he is in a position of responsibility, serves as a possible model for emulation, close quote. Nevertheless, Joseph is a type of Christ. Summing up Stephen's speech in Acts chapter 7, Niels Dahl writes, quote, In Stephen's speech, Moses and to some extent Joseph are both seen as types of Christ, but the typology is subordinated to the recurring pattern of prophecy and fulfillment. So back to the clothing motif, Often Joseph, or, uh, Genesis 38, as I mentioned earlier, is not included in the Joseph narrative, uh, chapter 37 then and 39 to 50, since Joseph does not even appear or is not even mentioned in the narrative. However, the narrative effect of placing the story of Judah and Tamar here may be to build suspense, one reason, to build suspense by drawing, uh, slowing down the plot. In fact, Lindsay Wilson contends that if the story is read within the context of the Joseph narrative, then it is pregnant with meaning. The clothing motif plays a prominent role in this chapter and becomes an important part of developing how Tamar is presented as a wise woman. In Genesis 39, after the Judah-Tamar incident, uh, verses 12 through 18, the garment motif is picked up again to show Potiphar's disfavor at this point, which foreshadows his being cast out. In Genesis 49, Joseph is called forth from prison, and the author says, quote, when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh, close quote. The point becomes clear in chapter 39, 14. Clothing becomes a signal that you are in an important transition point in the text. 
Uh, chapter 39 resumed with Joseph being a slave, 39.1. However, by the time we reach 41.57, he has become second in power and all the world is coming to him in order to be saved. The rise in power and the influence within the court are not due to his rhetorical savvy, as Gerhard von Rob suggested, but rather, and I quote Weeks here, the result of a unique set of circumstances summoned from prison to interpret the Pharaoh's dreams, close quote. These chapters clearly communicate the rise of Joseph, but in chapter 39, 2 through 6, we learn why uh, Joseph prospered. He prospers because the Lord was with him, 39, 2. Notice the extent of Potiphar's trust in Joseph. Notice also the emphasis on the fact that Yahweh was with Joseph. This shouldn't be understood from a psychological perspective with regard to Joseph, as if he needed Yahweh uh, to uh, be present with him at this time. But the implied reader is the one the narrator is informing at this point, and therefore, quote, Yahweh is introduced into the story to link Joseph's rise with Yahweh's behind-the-scenes care, but without distracting our attention from the per, uh, person of Joseph, close quote. So the next section of the plot, when Mrs. Potiphar makes her repeated sexual overtures to Joseph, that's where we get Joseph's true character emerging and his true wisdom. The contrast between how Joseph uses privilege and power and how Mrs. Potiphar does not uh, could not be more stark. Um, I suppose that has a lot of modern-day application. The story continues in chapter 39, 13 to 18, with the deception about the garment. She serves as a foil to Joseph's integrity as she shrewdly misrepresents the fact since Joseph's garment was left beside her, not in her hand, verse 12. Furthermore, she claims that Joseph's alleged indiscretions have become a threat against all Egyptians. Well, when we come to Joseph's rise in prison in chapter 39 to 40, it is important to note that the text does not register this elevation as a result of Joseph's strength of character. Rather, again, is because Yahweh is with him. In 41:42, Joseph is clothed in garments of fine linen, and at that time he is promoted to a higher status. In addition to being clothed in fine garments, Joseph is given a signet ring, and a gold chain is put around his neck. All these items are loaded with symbolic value. They demonstrate his newly appointed royal power, and his authority. Then chapter 2 begins a new section. Jacob is reintroduced. Jacob's uh, brothers are reintroduced, but attention on Pharaoh now recedes to the background. Clearly the focus is on Joseph and his family. Commentators are divided as to whether the narrator presents a positive or negative appraisal of Joseph at this point in these chapters, especially in relation to his treatment of his brothers. Perhaps he's just playing the part of an Egyptian official here. His treatment, however, one interprets it under the good hand of God, as Bruce Walke notes, quote, mark an important transformation in the brothers' characters from being untrustworthy to trustworthy and in their interrelationships uh, from dysfunctional to functional, close quote. Although at first glance, some of Joseph's actions may seem to be marked by revenge, his episodes of crying later, I believe, reflect his true feelings. As Walke says, neither the narrator nor the protagonist at any time suggests that Joseph is angry with them or motivated by revenge, close quote. 
And then chapter 45, verse 1 through 15. Uh, one of the most beautiful denouements in all of world uh, revelations, in all of world literature. Joseph finally reveals his true character. God, acted behind the scenes, remains a primary focus of the narrative. And because of these delightful circumstances of providence, Joseph's family may now find refuge in Egypt, a land and culture in which Joseph has learned to delight in the midst of his honor. In the reunion scene with his brothers, chapter 45, 22, Joseph now gives to each of his brothers festal garments. Egypt generally, and uh, this pharaoh more particularly, are pictured favorably in the subsequent verses. So in the remaining chapters, uh, chapter 46 through 50, the Abrahamic promises spoken of in the previous chapter of this book come to the fore again. Not only is Joseph's wise administration discussed, in chapter 47, 13 through 26, but the resolution with his brothers leaves no uncertainty about the cordial, fraternal relations, and we are prepared for the next books of Scripture, especially Exodus. In conclusion, um, I always try and keep it short, so I'm invited back. <clears throat> the Joseph narrative has highlighted his ability not only to end family strife through uh, shrewd planning, but also his administrative gifts in bringing relief from the famine, not just for his family, but for many others as well. The clothing motif, which we've traced, marked significant turns in the story. While Joseph's unique circumstances would make it hard for anyone, analogously, to emulate today, nevertheless, he clearly shows the right way to use power in a position of authority, to quote Lindsay Wilson. Um, together with Daniel the other and the other patriarchs, perhaps there's more grist for the mill here for New Testament Christians than just about anywhere in the Old Testament with regards to how to relate to culture. He was a man of faith. He was looking to the future at the end of his life, making provisions for his own bones to be brought out of this temporary residence as he looked towards another homeland, as Hebrews 11 says, as Meredith Klein says, quote, Insistence on burial in Canaan was a staking of claim to a personal future share beyond imminent death in the promised kingdom of God. Close quote. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California, 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.